When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you keep growing. Hey, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person, the podcast about doing the things that help you act on your better impulses to the best of your ability on a daily basis. I'm Kate Hanley. I'm your host. I'm so happy to have you here today. I'm also the author of the book, How to Be a Better Person, which is a great companion to this podcast and has 401 ways to make a difference in yourself and the world. Today, I am talking with Jen Singer about how to really support someone who's sick and how not to accidentally say something that makes them feel worse. Jen knows what she's talking about because at 40 years old, she was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. She beat that, and then at 53, she caught COVID in the early days of the pandemic. And then the virus triggered heart failure, which led to Jen getting a pacemaker. She has lived through some big, scary stuff, and now she's on a mission to help others who are either facing big, scary stuff themselves or who love or know someone who is, so that you can give and get the support that they need. Jen's got a whole new series of ebooks out, including the Just Diagnosed Guide to How to Support Someone Who's Sick, which, in honor of a week of episodes on caregiving, is what we're going to be talking about today. Jen, welcome. Thanks for having me on, Kate. I'm really excited to talk to you because, you know, I think we all want to be the friend who is helpful, but a lot of times we think, I don't know what to say. (laughs) So I'm really excited to get your wisdom today to guide us. I mean, don't we all just want to help someone who's sick? And the problem is we've been taught how to do it the wrong way and at least Mm. on what to say. Things that we know how to do, like bring a lasagna and those (laughs) kinds of things, we're Mm -hmm. really good at (laughs) The book is a way of teaching people how to do things on both ends of that. Yeah, I love that. Because sometimes you're not nearby, quite frankly. You know, you're far away and you can't just run the lasagna over. Of course, you can send something. But I think then you really want to be there for someone that you love. Knowing that you're being supportive is extra helpful for everyone. Well, I found that a big difference, actually, between when I had cancer uh-huh. In 2007, the entire neighborhood was cooking for me, which was great mm-hmm. because we had just started construction, so I had no kitchen. <laughs> but it was very handy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and people were taking my kids to swim team practice and whatnot. But when I had heart failure, it was during lockdown. Nobody could stop by. So mm-hmm. I just would find just packages on my porch of all sorts of things from, you know, T-shirts to nice blankets to things to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Yeah, that is nice. In your book, Jen, you say that there are two major rules to being a patient. Can you tell us what those are? Yes. First is that 
Logistics change constantly, but what the patient needs emotionally does not change. So let's look at it from the point of view of cancer. Your logistics change because you might have to go to chemo, you might have to go for surgery, you might have to go through uh, radiation. And so you need different things at different times. And people can pitch in, like we said, about you know cooking for you or taking you to chemo and sitting with you. But what about emotionally? Really, the only thing that people need emotionally is for someone to sit with them and be with them. And by be with them, I mean hold space for how they are. Too often, we, um, we use platitudes and try and talk people out of how they feel. So it's sort of like, you know, oh, well, you're strong. You'll get through this, which is now an assumption that, okay, I guess I'm on my own and I have to be strong and I can't show anyone how I really feel. Whereas if you ask people how they feel and what you can do for them, that's a whole different ballgame. Right. It's something that I've talked about on the podcast before is really the power in just bearing witness. You know, I think we all want to do for people. We want to reduce their suffering because thought that someone that we know and love is suffering makes us feel bad. And so we want to fix it or make it go away. <laughs> but that's not really our job. <laughs> and just being present to somebody, like you say, maybe taking them to chemo and sitting with them can be so meaningful. And listening. It really comes down to active listening. So, you know, let's say that. I have cancer and you're sitting with me and I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me not to be scared. If there's any time to be scared, it's when you have cancer. <laughs> Instead, right. say, oh, well, no wonder you're scared. This is a pretty big deal. And then just be quiet. Because if you open up to someone and give them the opportunity to share how they really feel, they'll go deeper and deeper and share it with you. All you have to do is repeat and validate, repeat and validate, and it goes such a long way. Yeah. For people who don't exactly know how to validate or what you mean by that, can you tell us what it is and maybe give us an example of how you do it? You said repeat. Do we literally just say what they just said? Well, you don't want to sound like a parrot, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but let's just say I'm about to have a pacemaker surgery. I'm on my second, so I know this well. Mm -hmm. and. I'm nervous about it. So if I say, I'm really nervous, I'm having another, you know, one pacemaker taken out and another one put in, you know, and they're messing around with my heart. Mm-hmm. You would say, oh, so you're really nervous about the surgery coming up. You could say very simply, what's that like for you? Mm-hmm. And let them answer it. And in fact, you don't even have to go into any kind of details. I like to say that, you know, when you call someone up or you talk to someone who's sick, just say, how is it for you today? Those are the words that always work because they might actually be in a great mood and they don't want to talk about the upcoming surgery or the chemo or and they might want to just talk about regular things. I mean, how tiring it was for me to go to the bagel shop and run into everyone I knew while I was in a headscarf and have to tell my story over and over again. Mm -hmm. But if somebody said, how is it for you today? I might say, it's great picking up bagels. We're going down to the lake with, you know, with a bunch of kids to hang out. And that's a happy thing that I could share for a change. Mm 
So it meets the patient where they are. Yeah, I love that. I want to ask you about something that we've all said, but I have to take a quick break. So everybody, please stand by and come back because this is really going to be helpful information. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, welcome back. So, Jen, there's something that I think everybody who is listening to this podcast has said at some point or another to someone who is going through something big, mm-hmm. and it is, let me know if there's anything I can do to help. It seems like a really nice, helpful blanket statement, not offensive, lets them know that you're there, but it's not really that helpful. Can you explain why? Because it's homework for the patient, and here's why. Now the patient has to come up with something for you to do that someone else hasn't already done. That's within the realm of, you know, making sense for your relationship. So, you know, obviously you'd give your best friend, you know, go buy me underpants. (laughs) You wouldn't (laughs) give that to someone you ran into a back to school night. (laughs) So instead of putting it on the patient, which is really what that does, offer specific things that you can do. And if somebody has already set up some sort of either a Facebook page or, you know, like lots of helping hands, some sort of patient support page, you can ask if there is one and go there and pick something to do. If nobody has done that, that's something you can do. If somebody hasn't yet organized the neighborhood to cook for you, and you know, there's a lot of people who want to cook for you, then you could be that person. In fact, the person who did it for me was my next door neighbor. And she made sure that we didn't have the same thing, it, you know, two, three times in a row. Otherwise, you get 40 casseroles. That, <laughs> that was helpful. So mm-hmm. that was something someone can do that I didn't have to assign to anyone. I love that. Well, so then is it that you should make a suggestion about like, listen, I would love to help you. How does this sound? Yes, you can do that by, you know, do you have enough people cooking for you? Because that's usually, that's most people's go-to, you know. Oh, yeah, food is so important. Right. So, but maybe you could say, would it be all right if I got you a gift card for DoorDash so that when you have a really busy night, you can just bring some food in that way? Would you want me to come in and do your laundry for you? You have a surgery coming up. Is there something in the house you want me to take care of while you're away? You know, if you know enough about what's going on with them, you can make specific suggestions. If you don't, then you can just do some blanket things. Gift cards are always good. Sending a gift basket is always appreciated, especially if it's, you know, got enough food in it to take care of everyone in your house. (laughs) Mm, Good point. Those kinds of things are just sort of generic, but showing that you care. And honestly, just send a card if you don't know. And that card should just say, I'm here for you, you know, no matter how it is for you and leave it. Don't try and use one of the platitudes like 
be positive, stay strong, or, you know, everything happens for a reason, because those things can actually be hurtful. Excellent. You've been a very sick person yourself, and you've spoken with a lot of sick people when you were researching your books. What are the types of things that you or the people that you've talked to can report have been really meaningful things that their friends, families, and even acquaintances have done? So definitely bringing food. I think food is always the best gift. But what else? Well, a lot of the, the most appreciated things are the small things where you really know somebody well. You know, one of my friends had cancer, was in the hospital for a week, and you don't get to take a shower because you're hooked up to all kinds of wires and things. So her friend brought in dry shampoo and Mm. put it in her hair for her. Little things like that. And it doesn't even have to be so practical. My brother showed up in my hospital room with my iPod full of 200 songs because I didn't know how to hook up my iPod. And all of those songs meant something, you know, to us. It was really a lovely gesture and uh, it went a long, long way. I'm just thinking about you guys in the hospital room listening to those songs or you being able to listen to those songs when he's not there. It sounds like a piece of homework that we can do as someone who wants to support someone who's sick is to really just like imagine what might be helpful to them and ask, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to go so far as to say, you know, what three things can I do for you this week? Again, that's homework. But Mm -hmm. you can say, would it be helpful to you if I set up a carpool for your kids to go to Boy Scouts? Because I know you can't go there anymore. Or would you like for me to come in and set up your TV, Netflix on your TV if you don't have it set up or something like that? Or do you want book recommendations or anything? But be specific in what you're asking so that they don't have to come up with it. Right. Okay. Excellent point. I love that. Okay. So Jen, you've got this book about how to support someone who's sick, but you also have a lot of books for people who have just gotten the diagnosis. Can you tell us about the other books that you've got out that are new? Yes. Two of them are disease-specific. One is on heart failure. And that actually started all of this because I w- what I would see is people on the heart failure boards on Facebook get diagnosed, go online and scare the heck out of themselves because a lot of the statistics for heart failure are old and mm. not accurate. And so they would, you know, come back and assume I'm going to be dead in five years. And that is not the case for a lot of patients. So I started with that book. I wrote one on sarcoidosis, which is a type of disease that I was diagnosed with and then undiagnosed with. So at least I got a book out of it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other one is a more generic book, but for it's how to be sick because we're taught how to be healthy, but we're not taught how to be sick. And in this book, I talk about, you know, the things that you need to know to navigate the medical system. I have scripts for calling busy doctor's office so you don't get hung up on or feel like you're bothering the nurses. Advice for, you know, what it's like to go through certain tests, because I've been through all of them, Mm. like 14 PET scans. (laughs) And that's so that you don't have to learn it as a sort of baptism by fire. It's everything that I've learned being sick over the years 
in a shortcut for you. Look at it this way. It's a lot of times when people are diagnosed, they find a friend of a friend who's had what they have, and that person talks them through their experience. That's what these books are about. That sounds so helpful. I'm sorry that you had to go through all those experiences in order to be able to write them. But, you know, what Nora Ephron's mother told her, everything is copy, right? I love (laughs) that you're turning them into something that's going to help other people, especially so that they don't have to just turn to Google and get freaked out. Yeah, you know, Google can, Dr. Google, as we call it, uh, can scare and confuse you. And these books take away a lot of that. Remember, I was a medical writer for five years. So I done all of this research. I know how to research. In fact, when I got heart failure, I did Google heart failure and I got something I wrote for a hospital. (laughs) So you know you've got a pro writing it for you and also writing it from the inside as a patient. Right. And where can we find those books and get anything else that you might have for us? So drop by justdxguides.com and you will learn all you need to know about the four different books that are out now, and there will be more. I have not run out of diseases that I've had. (laughs) Awesome. And what about on social media? Where can people find you? Stop by Instagram at Jen Singer said and on Twitter at Jen Singer. Great. And I'll include all these links in the episode notes. Jen, thanks so much for being here today and sending you all the very best. Thanks, Kate. How to Be a Better Person's theme song, Left for Deadish, is by Junior85. The episodes are mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past five episodes and a well-chosen meme to your inbox every weekend. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com or you can tweet me at Kate W. Hanley. Don't forget the W. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 